0: Yeah, welcome Out to left field presented by Farm Bureau. Week two of the college football season. Mississippi State taking on NC State this coming weekend. Dogs, of course, won 35-34 last weekend against Louisiana Tech. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. And once again, thanks to our fine friends at WFCA 107.9 and French Camp, Airing the show during the midweek. And Charlie, we came in here on Sunday Coffee. We talked about whether we felt better, worse, or the same After that win against Louisiana Tech, and to be quite honest with you, after kind of digesting this thing for the past few days, yeah, there were some negatives without doubt. But at the end of the day, I think that was a decent Louisiana Tech team, and I feel a little bit better about it. I think it was
1: a decent Louisiana Tech team, and I would say this as well. We showed that at least we were capable of playing bad and winning. You know, a lot of times we haven't had that margin of error (laughs) at times over the past several years. And so you go back and you look, you say, look, you didn't play good. You didn't play your best. You basically gave away two quarters of the ball game, didn't use them offensively. And so you can still overcome it. Imagine, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, the offense wasn't that great and things of that nature. And I get it. For two quarters, it was bad. I can remember times in the past 15 years where we couldn't have scored 35 points playing the game twice. No. And we did it playing half a game effectively.
0: And we couldn't complete that percentage of passes against air. No. Against chairs. (laughs) And the more you kind of look back at it, Charlie, and we looked at those numbers on Sunday – about going down the field more, opening things up. And so now all of a sudden you start thinking about NC State. We'll get more into NC State later in the show. And by the way, we've got a good show for you today. We're going to stay kind of within the program today as far as Eric Mealy, the running backs coach, is going to join us in our next segment. Then we'll talk to associate head coach Tony Hughes. He also coaches the Nickelbacks as well to kind of give you a perspective on the offensive side and then the defensive side. But going into this week, NC State presents completely different challenges than Louisiana Tech.
1: Yeah, they absolutely do. And they've got a quarterback coming back from injury in Devin Leary. And I thought it was interesting. We've talked so much about pass distribution. This is a guy that throws about the same number at the line of scrimmage, 10 yards, 20 yards, and beyond. Hey, they really balance out their targets. They're not going to throw it as much because they don't have to. they got their top four running backs returning from a year ago, and Boy, they ran the football really well in opening week.
0: Hey, real quick before we start talking about NC State, just looking back at the SEC over the first weekend, were there any big surprises for you as far as looking at LSU? I know that was the big loss for the league with LSU going out west and UCLA winning. Chip Kelly is kind of turning that program around. I thought at the end of the day, LSU was kind of beaten on the offensive line side, on the defensive line side. That was the thing that really surprised me. And so what it really does is, in looking at your schedule you know, at 10,000 feet, I think it really opens up that last weekend in a couple of weeks against LSU as a really big targeted game that you got a chance to win. Of course, we went down there and won last year, but everybody was talking about LSU, how much better they're going to be this year. But wouldn't you say that's probably the biggest disappointment for the league, say Vanderbilt? Doesn't
1: it feel a little bit like LSU's problems don't have anything to do with talent and that everything – arguably, look, they had such a great season with Joe Burrow a couple years ago. That offense under Joe Brady was just historically good. But now that you look at it, doesn't it look like that was just kind of a flash in the pan? I mean, a flash in the pan we would all love to have. Don't get me wrong.
0: But didn't we all see it when it was happening? I mean, didn't we all know that when Joe Burrow left – that all of a sudden at Odron, still gonna be your head coach and, and catching lightning in a bottle. And it seems like everybody in the world knew that except the athletic administration at LSU who wants to give away all kinds of money because you knew at that time they were about to mortgage their future <laughs> and pay a lot of money, and they did. Elsewhere in the league, South Carolina really didn't play anybody, Auburn didn't play anybody, Kentucky. Looked okay as well. Alabama looked extremely good. Overall, I was just staggered by Vanderbilt. How terrible they
1: were? Well, I just thought that a team that had that much free time on its hands during the spring had their act together. <laughs> you know, that that you get your homework done. A guy at Vanderbilt, you're supposed to get your homework done before you go play, right? And it just looks like that team missed the practice. And it's uh, – boy, you go back and you look – Ken Seals, the quarterback at Vanderbilt, had some dubious tweets in the offseason about sports and the like. And Now what's his record as a starter, about 0-12? That ain't good. Oh, uh, boy, but look at that. So in, it's easy to make fun of Vanderbilt, but here's the things that you prefer. Some of these schools you just kind of want to cheer against, but the bottom line is you need the SEC to perform well outside the conference. Can we agree on that? Yes, we do. And so you go look, that Georgia went over Clemson, Boy, Georgia's defense looked really good. That, but, that's a good win.
0: But, can let me ask you this question, because I've heard a lot of people ask this. Can you win the national championship with just a defense? Now, I know they're playing Clemson. I mean, that's that's the thing. They're playing Clemson, and if they can shut down Clemson's offense like that, they can shut down just about anybody. And their, their schedule is not that terrible over at Georgia this year. But can you go deep enough – with just one side of the ball performing. Because their offense was not very good at all.
1: No, it wasn't. But, again, uh, it was better than Clemson's, right? So, that's a really tough matchup in week one. Uh, I would say this. What you do know with Georgia, or you think you know, is you have one side of the ball that's good enough. Now the question is, can your other one give you anything? Can the offense give you anything? Because I think you're going to have an elite defense. No doubt. No doubt. And so, anyway, looking past that, Missouri, Central Michigan, a lot of games that you just can't tell a whole lot about. South Carolina gets the big win, but they beat an Eastern Illinois team who's 0-2. Monday night, Louisville looked really bad. Or the Rebels are really good. I don't know which.
0: It may be a combination of both. But before we go into that, and I, I tweeted this out, and I had a lot of folks agreeing with me, and I'm I'm not one of those guys. I don't believe you play well based upon what you're wearing. I believe what you're wearing is a representation of your university and a representation of your football program. And I'm not a guy who you know firmly believes in turning all of that over to the current – staff, players, whatnot. I think there. I mean, I think there's got to be a mix. I think you've got to be hip, and I think you've got to, to go with what today's world likes as well. But also –
1: You didn't like Louisville's uniforms. That's where this going. Man, into. that's where I'm
0: trying to get to. My goodness. I, I'm just not a fan of solid color on top of solid color, and I don't care what that is. I don't care if that's green, dark green on top of green pants. I don't care if that's red on top of red, blue on top of blue, black on top of black. I just don't like that some people might. I don't hey, I'm I'm not the fashion expert right here. I am just this is our show. This is my chance. This is my opportunity to give you my opinion. And my opinion says I just don't like it. Just wear some silver pants, some gray pants, some whatever pants, but don't put the solid colors because it was absolutely wretched the other night. Well, it was bad. Of course, the play was bad, the uniforms
1: were bad. Everything about that performance was bad, and it is interesting that uh, I spent a lot of time on text messages this weekend with the we should have hired Scott Satterfield debate uh, back, <laughs> going back two years ago when, or actually three years ago when Joe Moorhead came in. Four years ago? How long has it been now? Three and a half?
0: Yeah, three or four. Yeah,
1: so I always tell people, man, you can make such quick judgments on guys and say, boy, they've turned it around. They're really good. I'm not so much interested in what a coach does year one and two. Obviously, you hope it's great. I'm more interested in what they start doing year three. To me, that's the kind of time you start to measure, guys.
0: Yeah, like Chip Kelly right now. I I I didn't think you could really gauge UCLA in the first year or two under Chip Kelly until he began to turn it around. Here's where you're going to be able to tell about Louisville is, I think, this week. I think you're going to be able to tell how good Ole Miss is by what happens in the Louisville-Kentucky game. Because that matchup that used to be at the end of the year, that ACC-SEC matchup in the Commonwealth, is going to be played this week. And so Kentucky against Louisville, and I think that game is going to be what tells you really how good Louisville is. All right, so that's a quick look around the SEC. When Charlie and I come back, we'll talk to Eric Mealy, the running backs coach at Mississippi State. We'll also talk to Tony Hughes later in the show. Of course, we're in the Farm Bureau studios in downtown Startwell Farm Bureau. Go with a home team, agents in all 82 counties, guys that you're around every single day in your community. You want someone in the insurance world. If a tree falls on your house or your shed or your truck or whatever, you want somebody that you can call and get it rectified in a hurry. You want to check in a hurry so you can start rebuilding. The customer service at Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Check them out at favorites.com. And once again, we are in the Farm Bureau studios. Back with a word with the running backs coach at Mississippi State, Eric Neely will join us. You're listening to Out of Left Field. And welcome back to Out of Left Field. Bart Gregory, Charlie Winfield. And let's talk to the running back coach at Mississippi State, Eric Mealy. Charlie, I thought one of the things about the game on Saturday, and we've talked about trying to run the football a little bit more, Jaquavius Marks looked like a completely different running back. We talked about that a little bit on Sunday Coffee, but he's bigger. I know that's what people are thinking. He, he looks bigger. He's got a different number, but he looks smooth. He looks a lot smoother out on the field. And I thought in a ball
1: game where sometimes you were questioning at times where people maybe were overwhelmed and weren't playing hard, I never once had that question about him. You could just see the effort coming out of him. He looked really good running the football, a little harder to evaluate pass blocking and things of that nature. But anything I saw, he, he really looked like he was performing at a high level.
0: No doubt in this conversation with Coach Eric Mealy, brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing, located on Highway 49 down in Florence, the Country Meat Packers. I tell you, it's crazy. I saw on Facebook the other day, they'll put on their Facebook page all the things that they're getting ready for the weekend. They'll smoke some Boston butts, and they'll smoke some ribs and some briskets. You can go down there on Saturday morning and get all that stuff ready, made, ready to go. But if you're getting ready for a tailgate, that country-pleasing sausage goes with everything, whether it be the jalapeno cheddar, whether it be just the old original. My dad cooked some original just last night, and I had some of that. And it's one of those things of I've been getting more on the kick of jalapeno cheddar or the three cheese, and sometimes you forget about just the original. That's their best seller, and it's one of the best there is. And so country-pleasing sausage bringing you this conversation with Mississippi State running back coach Eric Mealy. And so let's bring in Mississippi State running back coach Eric Mealy joins us. And, Coach, I tell you what, hey, you look around the country, and Charlie and I have been talking about this, that first weekend you always see crazy things happen. And I know you guys came in a couple years ago from Washington State, and you look in the state of Washington, you see what Montana did with Washington, the top 25 team. and. Louisiana Tech came in here this past Saturday, played extremely well, and I tell you what, here's the thing: you'd like to go out to that practice field between weeks one and two when everybody says that's when you get the most work and get better between games one and games two. But it's a lot better to do it with a win than a loss.
2: Now that's 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 one hundred percent. I mean, it's it's one of those things where you come out and and hopefully you, you know you get to learn those lessons and still got came on the right side of the uh, the wind column there. So you know the guys aren't flying too high, but you know, excited that, that they they finish strong and then get a chance to go in the film room and and really correct a lot of those uh, those mistakes or things we can improve on. You know, during the uh, those first for those middle couple quarters there. So, I, I read a stat actually too. I saw there was eleven um, you know FCS or Group of Five teams that won versus the Power Five front, uh, team last weekend. So, uh, I'm glad we're not one of them, and we're going kind of make sure we're not going forward.
1: Just watching the game, it looked like Jaquavius Marks. Had traded uniforms with somebody else. I mean, that looked like a different guy out there. Just in terms of the way he looked, strong. He looked big. How much has he improved since year one?
2: Yeah, he had a great, a great off season. You know, he came in as a true freshman and obviously playing a ten game All SEC schedule last year. I guess he looked a little smaller, probably than he actually was. But he did. He put on you know ten plus pounds. Since we're in that ten to fifteen range, and didn't slow him down a bit. And, and now he uh, you know packs a little more punch. through some arm tackles and um still has that same burst and kind of that that slashing style that he has so i was happy to see that he was able to translate that to game day after putting a great off season in
0: talking to coach eric mealy running backs coach at mississippi state dylan johnson looked like he kind of got nicked up a little bit and of course we won't go into any kind of injury situation here with you at all but you dylan johnson also a guy what are you seeing out of dylan johnson from year one to year two
2: yeah another guy who had a a great off season i think in uh you know spring football he really uh was able to kind of elevate his game and, and, you know, the, just kind of the FBI, the football intelligence, and, the um, just kind of what the, the awareness and go on the field when the ball is not in his hands. So I think he closed the gap there with, uh, well, you know, with Woody in the off season and those guys have really been rotating throughout fall camp going into uh game day. So, you know, I expect, I expect him to have some him as well. And, and, uh, you know, probably not his, his best performance and he'll tell you that himself, but, uh, some good things too. You know, he, he was on the on the field in that fourth quarter there with a game-winning drive and had a big first down on a check down and a good pass protection. So um, kind of finished on a good note like some of those other guys did, and, and hopefully it carries over to next week.
1: Last year you didn't have much choice. You had to play the young guys. This year you've got more depth in your running back room. You look at some of these young guys. What is the big thing? You know, kind of who do you like? And then what is the big thing that these young guys have to do to – Kind of take that step forward. What's the separator from a, a guy on the outside to to getting snaps?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just uh, the moment not being too big for him. Sometimes when guys uh, don't realize that you know that you're, you're playing in an SEC game. I mean, the last week of probably you know Ra Ra Thomas on the outside there playing uh, you know extra receiver for us, and you know one of those first balls of the game goes comes flying out to him. And he catches it and goes straight up field, lowers the shoulder on somebody. He'll have a chance. You know, if you're if you're willing, you know, to be physical and play aggressive and and not hesitate, you know, the game the game's faster in college, obviously, from high school. So, as you're learning all these things, the biggest thing is you know, if you make a mistake you got to make a mistake full speed. You know, you can't hesitate, and you can't uh, uh, you can't look for somebody else to make the play. So, you, you got to want that ball to come to you, and you got to want the play to come to you. And if you do that, then I think you uh, I think you shot
0: talking to Coach Eric Mealey. One of the things that when people start recruiting high school running backs and you see what these guys do in high school, and then you get them on a college campus, and everybody talks about the same thing. Everybody needs to learn pass protection and looking at pass Mm -hmm. protection. You look at us last year You know, with the five linemen spreading the field, and you have one back in the backfield summit. I think Charlie wants to talk a little bit about some two-back sets as well. But, you talk about getting in this league and how fast the game is, and if you have any kind of hesitation in anything you do, it can be exploited. So saw a couple times the other day where you've got a guy hanging back just to kind of wait to see if pressure is coming to help out with pass protection and then flaring out. Mm-hmm. How tough is it for young guys to figure out that timing of when to you know, hit the eject button and go to the outside with that flare route?
2: Yeah, that's always the most difficult piece, and that's the last piece to come. You know, for those for those young guys, um, you know, there's times it looks like they're free releasing out of the backfield, and actually they're they're just great with their eyes and they're great with their feet. So it looks like they're just kind of taken off, but they've actually already kind of went through their responsibilities and get out. And then you know, obviously, you know, in games depending on the play call, you know, a drop back pass, we you know we we'd like to hang out for another another you know one one thousand to make sure that. You know, if somebody doesn't get beat, or you can help out if possible before you take off on your route. But like you said, you know, we have we had two good freshmen running back that came in, both really talented guys, and uh, that's kind of the, the deal with both of them. They, they're both great with the ball in their hands, um, you know, really talented. And, and the last piece is just being able to recognize where you know the blitzers, where it's coming from, uh, and being able to execute that. Because again, if you hesitate on a you know a Mike linebacker running down an a cap, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna wind up on your back, you know. So you need to pack a punch and you need to know what you're doing. And you need to do it full speed. So yeah, that's always the, uh, that's always that final piece of the puzzle for those guys.
1: A couple of times this past Saturday, we went multiple backs in the backfield. Is that something you think we'll see more of this year than a year ago?
2: I do. I do. I think, you know, I think there's a couple of good players back there and I think we have a little bit of depth in, in that running back room and uh, uh, makes us a little more multiple uh, when we could pass out of those running sets, but then, you, know, you gain an extra hat in the run game too if it uh, kind of respect the, the formation so um, a lot of the success we've had over the years believe it or not you know is it, coming out of that that two back you know uh, formations so um, those guys out in the flat and, and in space and those guys uh you know kind of playing with one another you know one guy's blocking one guys one guy's out or the run game i think it just makes a little more multiple and then keeps on their heels a little bit so I do anticipate that uh you'll see a little more of that as we go forward
0: Charlie, three times this year, we've gotten together with assistant coaches at different restaurants around town. And the last one we did was Coach Eric Mealy, who we're talking to right now, and Steve Spurrier, Jr. We got together at Moe's Barbecue downtown, did some interviews. And Spurrier went through the drink machine and got a something of everything, just mixed it all <laughs> up and said, it's it's diff- I get a different drink every single time. I tell you what, it's it's amazing when you start looking at the staff – and how close knit this staff is. How much do you think that kind of works itself into the team? It's almost like a big family.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's an important piece of the puzzle. You know, just chemistry, you know, it trickles down like you said from the staff and the players see that. Uh, you know, if we're if we're kind of bucking horns and there there was some animosity there. I think those guys feel that. So Coach like just for example, like you said, Coach Spurger, you know, jabs at my guys, I jab at his guys and it's 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 all good. Everybody everybody kinda jokes with each other, but we're all we're all pulling for the same goal. We're all working the same direction. Uh, we're all trying to get them there, trying to help them out, and you know, being mentor to, the, to these guys on and off the field, and uh, it makes it for a better work environment too. to Say that. I mean, Coach Leach is a great guy to work for. You know, uh, himself. So uh, if, if you're happy, uh, like, like when your wife at home, right? You got to keep mama happy. Same thing. If you're happy at work too, you, you know, it'll it'll spill over to your, uh, you know, to your, to your guys out in the field
1: looking forward to this weekend, NC State coming to town, what sort of challenges do you think they present for this offense and then your guys in particular?
2: Yeah, no, they have a they have a veteran crew on defense. You know, they have uh, some good size of the linebacker position, some bigger guys, so we'll be challenged a little bit in pass protection, which, uh, you know, we're, we're welcome to that, and uh, you know, we, we just want to be able to use our, you know, our speed and some of our skill sets to kind of uh, take advantage of some of the things that they do as well, but it's a veteran crew across the board, really a pretty good secondary and, and, a, and a capable defensive line, so um, good at every level and, and their experience. They've been together and uh, come off a good for them last week, so it uh, be a good challenge for us. But, again, you know, our biggest coming off the of last week is, you know, we want some more yards they have to catch uh, in, in the receiving game, and, and there's, there's some more yards we had in the run game for that matter, too, so trying to improve on what we did last week, those corrections, and see uh, the on Saturday.
0: It's Coach Eric Mealy, running back coach at Mississippi State. I know you guys are busy trying to prepare and get ready for NC State. Appreciate you taking a little bit of time with us.
2: Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. Hell State.
0: And that's running back coach Eric Mealy joining us right here. And once again, this conversation brought to you by Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing, the best sausage, the best product that there is. There are other sausage companies out there, but we only tell you about the best. Charlie, boy, it's great to talk to Eric Mealy, just a good guy. Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely, and that's you hit on something in the interview that really jumps out, and that is that this coaching staff really has a connection with each other, and you say, you know, why does that matter? Obviously, it helps to know each other and helps to get along, but the other thing is you develop those bonds where in an offense like this where you got inside receivers, outside receivers, running backs, all being coached by different people, all those trains have to run on the same time. It's not enough that – any of them work together individually they have to work well in conjunction and you can tell these guys have a lot of trust and a lot of experience with each other
0: well great to talk with coach eric mealy running badge coach we'll have more for you on the other side of the break you're listening to out of left field And welcome back to Out of Left Field. Great conversation right there with Eric Mealy, the running back coach at Mississippi State. And now we turn to the defensive side where we talk to Associate Head Coach Tony Hughes. He also coaches the Nickelbacks as well in this conversation, brought to you by our friends at Tracks Plus. Tracks Plus, they've got tons of equipment. We've talked about, I'm going to get Charlie on an excavator. I went down there last week and spent some time with Chris Weems and, and those guys down there. If you're in Columbus, Mississippi, Daniel Bounds can help you out with the, all the construction equipment. Fred Fulton with the forestry equipment. And if you need anything down in Hickory, Ken Crosby and his guys can get you set up with any of that Barco equipment for the Forester or the Saney equipment. they got Saney, they got Rayco, they got all those industrial-sized mulchers. But this conversation with Tony Hughes brought to you by our friends at Trax Plus. And so let's talk to longtime assistant coach Tony Hughes, a Forest, Mississippi native, Scott County. Hey, coach, I was driving through Forest the other day, thought of you, and uh, thinking about the Golden Chicken that battle for the Golden Chicken. Uh, <laughs> how's, how's everything going with you?
3: Oh, we're doing fine. We're doing fine. It's uh, you know, it's great to be one and especially this time of year. There are a lot of teams 0 and one, so we're we're uh, trying to uh, get prepared for NC State.
0: Coach, looking back at this past weekend, after you watch the film, and Charlie and I kind of get together and we always say, okay, do you feel better? Do you feel worse? Do you feel about the same? After having a chance to go back and watch the film of the game, do, do you feel better about it? Do you feel worse about it? Just how, uh, what are your thoughts on this past Saturday?
3: Well, I, I can always tell you, you know, in, in coaching, uh, sometimes you go out, it's, seems bad like the bottom of the earth is falling out and it's not going to get any better and then you look at the film and it's not as bad as it seemed. and then it's the other way around well you know we played pretty good you know we thought when you got your chest stuck out and your head up in there and feeling pretty good then you go look at the tape and uh it's much worse than what you thought so you you always have to try to keep that balance the things that we did well we uh, have to continue uh, to do those things well, and the things that we didn't do well, we have to improve on those things. So, you know, with that, I would just say that, you know, we feel about the same, but we know that there are some areas that we have to get better at.
1: Well, Coach, just looking at it, I think you have to be pleased by the way your guys play, particularly in the second half. Obviously, earlier in the game, a couple of busts here or there, but when the Bulldog defense was needed, it was there.
3: Well, it, that's true, and, uh, you know, you never want to give up uh, explosive touchdowns, you know, the, the long, the 72-yard touchdown and the, uh, the long run by the quarterback on the uh, read option. But, uh, you know, other uh, than that in the second half, you know, we continued to fight, and that's the thing that we are, you know, most proud of our Bulldog defense is that, uh, you know, they didn't give up when things were down and they kept fighting.
0: We're talking to Coach Tony Hughes. And, Coach, when you start preparing for the first game of the year and and you know that Louisiana Tech's coming in and you know this is going to be a pass-happy team and you know that you want to kind of set the tone early in the season, but then right on the back end of that, you've got an NC State team that's completely different. Mm -hmm. I mean, they rely a lot on their running backs. The thing about this past week and their win against South Florida, their running backs broke a lot of tackles. And you start talking about going back and look at the film of the game. I thought our secondary to the casual eye, I thought we tackled well after looking at the tape, but what was your thoughts on our tackling? Because I thought it was pretty good.
3: Well, I, I think uh, overall, and, and, and like you say, Louisiana Tech is a very good football team. I mean, they, they you know, they won a lot of games. And, um, and so to be able to get those guys on the ground, you know, uh, you know, it was a monumental task because, uh, they have good skill players. They have good skill players that can play, you know, a lot of them can play for anybody in the country. Uh, so, um, being able to tackle in space is the name of the game nowadays, uh, because teams spread you out. They get one-on-ones. You gotta be able to make one-on-one tackles. You gotta be able to, uh, bring down, um, you know, great receivers and, and take on blocks and do those type of things. So it's tough, man. It's tough. That's a lot of space out there. And offensive coordinators know exactly what they're doing. Uh, and you miss a tackle and it can turn, you know, it can turn into a very big play. But we just have to tackle better, uh, not to give up the explosive plays, which leads to, to field goals or touchdowns. The explosive plays are, you know, like 15 yard catches or 10 yard plus runs. Uh, You get it on the ground, but, you know, that kept the drive alive and it put them in scoring position and they were able to kick field goals or, you know, to get the ball in the red zone and that type of thing. So, going back and looking at it, that's one of the things that we have to eliminate is how many explosive plays we give up.
1: Just looking at NC State, they've got a quarterback coming back from injury in Devin Leary, and As you looked at the pass distribution from last weekend, he looks like a guy who kind of throws it to all levels. I mean, fairly balanced and throwing short, throwing long. What sort of challenges does he present for your defensive backs?
3: Well, he is a very, very uh, good college quarterback. He he doesn't make a lot of mistakes uh, in the passing game. Uh, He doesn't turn the ball over. He is a... um, uh I guess you would say a, a guy that runs their offense efficiently. He uh he understands uh what they expect of him at the quarterback position and so um he operates within the guidelines of what they give him and then they take the pressure off of him by, you know, uh like you said earlier, their run game is the most important thing that they do. And once they get the run game established then they you know, they ask him to um, make some plays but not win the game for him and to move the ball up and down the field efficiently. So he's a very good college quarterback and um, they have a good program and they have a great style of play on the offensive side of the ball and he is the he is the guy that makes the whole thing go and he's on, you know, their tough outfit.
0: Talking to Coach Tony Hughes, associate head football coach at Mississippi State, works for the nickelbacks as well and Coach, one of the things that we talk about ad nauseum now in the game of football is targeting. And you saw it around the country a good bit. In one particular game, you saw a good many of those. You're an old school coach. You've been around this game for a long, long time and played this game and played it at a great level. And as fast as this game is... We go back to talking about tackling and form tackling. And I remember the old days, you know, David Chambliss at Nanawoya High School, put your head on the ball and, and try to jar it free. And so when you're going down and that receiver lowers his head or the running back lowers his head, and it almost goes back to the point, too, of when you miss a tackle as a defensive lineman, and a lot of times as a linebacker, mm-hmm. nobody sees it. But when you make right. mistakes in the secondary, you know grandmas can see that. Grandmas can see you get you get burned in the secondary are also in a situation of targeting as well. How tough is it in today's game to teach physicality and tackling, but also knowing on the backside of that you got a chance at targeting as well?
3: Well, uh, you know this just has, you know it hadn't just started you know uh, this year. You know this is. This discussion has been going on I, I I can go back and think for probably about uh ten years or so. And um, uh years ago we had a, a great tackler, a guy named Nico Whitley that was a very physical player that oh, yeah. you know, he would deliver headshots and knock yourself out and knock other people out at the same time and and uh we started back then talking to him about you've gotta change your style of play. You can't play that way anymore, you're not going to survive in the game. You're going to get kicked out every week. And, and so what we try to do is we try to implement in our tackling drills and in our uh, preparation, taking the head out of tackling and making sure that, uh, you know, not only we protect ourselves, but also that we protect the, the ball carriers. And and so um, that is our way of, of trying to um, educate our players on you know, how to tackle and, and uh, not uh, get called for, uh, uh, you know, personal files and, and getting kicked out of the game and different things like that. So it's, it's hard after playing the game because, like you said, the game is so fast. But, um, you know, uh, preaching it and teaching it and drilling it over and over and over again is the way that we try to uh, combat that.
1: Coach, one of the things I like about visiting with you beyond being a football coach, you're a bit of a historian too, and I always enjoy, it's just about impossible to give you a name of a small town in Mississippi, and you can't name all the guys who came through there and made their way up to major college football or to the NFL. Are you still getting out, getting to high schools, and kind of where do you see the game of high school football now in Mississippi as it stacks up historically?
3: Well, I think uh high school football in Mississippi is is probably the best that I've ever seen. It it has evolved in the way of player development like I've never seen before. Uh I think with that the, the high school coaching is um, is better and when I say better there there are more uh younger high school coaches going into coaching that uh, that are teaching the skill level that um, you know, that have been taught in other states for years and years. And, um, and then you can just look around from the high school coaching to the high school uh, athletes that are being produced to the junior colleges, to the success that uh, the major colleges are, are having. And so it's, um, I think it's on the upswing, you know, once uh, we get through the pandemic and maybe get back to more of some normalcy, I think you'll see more kids being um, uh, developed and more kids having scholarships. And uh, it's a tremendous state uh, for producing football talents, as you know, Charlie, for years and years and years. But I think now uh, that our secret's out, that a lot of people know that there are really good football players in the state of Mississippi
0: coach I remember several years ago McKinley Scott who was a wide receiver here and was played under coach Sylvester Croom. He's a coach up in Tunica and he says, "Hey, I got a guy." And he yeah. he, he doesn't look like he doesn't look like a whole lot, but I'm telling you, I think when you put some pounds on him, he's going to be pretty good and he turned into Bernard McKinney. Yes. Yeah. And, and you yeah. start thinking about the state's past. You start thinking about the, the Jerry Rice's and the Brett Favre's and so many guys that were quote-unquote overlooked. Can that happen in today's world with all the recruiting services and as much film as you guys see? I I know there's a such thing as a late bloomer, but as far as a kid going under the radar, does that even happen anymore?
3: Yes, it it still happens, and uh, not probably as much because you have camps and clinics, but you have, especially in a state like Mississippi, you have late developers. And uh, what I mean by late developers is, you may see a kid in the 10th grade and you say, you know, he's not a division one player yet. Uh, then you look at him in the 11th grade. He's not a division one player yet. And and you go to the school when he's going to the 12th grade. And then, you know, then it's like, wow, where, where did this kid come from? Uh, and he, you know, he played these two or three games his senior year. And then all of a sudden, you know, he goes from a guy that nobody knew Uh, to a guy that's uh, being heavily recruited. So that's – but that's Mississippi for you. You know, a lot of kids, um, they play every single sport in their school, so they don't gain weight. They don't uh, have a growth spurt. You know, they go from football to basketball, from basketball to track, from track to, uh, you know, to summer conditioning, 707, back to – and so their whole career, you know, a kid like Jonathan Banks is an example from. swept Webster High School in maybe Mississippi was a great high school basketball player that, you know, people looked at in, in, in football and said, uh, you know, uh, not projected. And, you know, he ends up being an All-American and Thorpe Award winner and uh, a professional uh, football player. So those type of kids are always going to be out there. And so but it can happen um, if you ride by school and say, that well, they don't have a player there. And the kid developed, and then all of a sudden, you know, the kid shows up on somebody else's radar, and they say, what happened to that kid? You know, it's like, well, you know, I saw him in the 10th grade, and I saw him in the 11th grade, and he wasn't a player. But all of a sudden, he is a player.
0: Coach, we appreciate it. We know you're busy trying to get ready for NC State, and we appreciate you taking a little time with us.
3: Well, well, I appreciate you all. Thank you for the call.
0: And that's Associate Head Coach Tony Hughes. Charlie, let me tell you this. In our profession, we get to be around good people, a lot of times great people, and that's one of the great things about working in sports and athletics. But let me tell you this, he's a he's a one-hand guy. What I mean by that, if, if you tell me the top five people you've ever been around in college sports, he's in the top five. Just a phenomenal person, good football coach, great football coach, but i tell you what, nothing beats sitting down and having a conversation with Tony Hughes.
1: The other thing I like about Tony Hughes is he is a sports fan in general. Tony Hughes can talk to you about baseball all day long. He loves Mississippi State baseball. He was – in fact, every time I saw Tony Hughes back in the spring, he was like, all right, do you think we're going to do it? you think we got a chance? How we, how we, you know, he had been watching the games. He knew all about it. He is – he's a guy invested in the entire university.
0: And he knows, like you said, Charlie, he knows every nook and cranny in the state. And when he walks into a high school – And it doesn't matter who you follow. It doesn't matter if you're a State fan or you support other schools. He has instant respect because he's a guy that's just – he's an old Marine. He's a guy that just understands people. And he's just a good guy, just a great person. And it's always great to talk with him. Yeah, and one other thing I'd
1: say about him too is, you notice how some coaches that you may have seen in different times, different places, kind of like – Particular school may not be up to their caliber, you know. Yeah, they want to go to the biggest schools. Tony Hughes will walk through the halls of any school in this state, and has been there and knows that, and is comfortable there. I I like it. He he's never too good for anybody.
0: Absolutely. And that conversation brought to you by our friends at Tracks Plus. Tracks Plus, four locations now. Of course, the the main one down on the. I-20 at the Hickory exit. So in Hickory, Mississippi, they have another location between Starkville and Columbus on Highway 82. They're also in Summit, Mississippi and Alexandria, Louisiana. Check them out if you're in the market for a that barco equipment if you're in the forestry world or in the construction world, that sany equipment if you're looking for an excavator. Of course, bulldozers, whatever you need. Whatever you need, they're used equipment. they got a huge selection of used equipment, one of the largest used equipment distributors in the Deep South. And so check them out. Tracks Plus in that conversation with Associate Head Coach Tony Hughes brought to you by Tracks Plus. Charlie and I will come back with a final word right here on Out of Left Field presented by Farm Bureau. Yeah, welcome back. Final segment of final left field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. Charlie, well, good conversations right there. Eric Mealy and Tony Hughes, both those guys, good guys. We talked to uh, talked about Tony Hughes, Eric Mealy, very new on the staff. He came from Washington State, a guy from New Jersey, who's kind of made his way across the country, and now the running backs coach here. Just two fantastic guys. Always good to talk with them. And hey, here's the thing from the conversations we have with Eric Mealy. NC State's going to present different problems for you than Louisiana Tech. We talked to Tony Hughes as well about this is going to be a different NC State team, and we talked about that in the first segment as well. But, Charlie, going back to that question I asked Tony Hughes, when you kind of gearing for a team in game one, and you're talking about, hey, let me tell you, the Kendall guy's going to throw it all over the field. you got to be ready for these receivers, this guy, this guy, this guy. Sometimes it's almost like you lose focus of game two because you're so geared to game one. How tough is it from a mental standpoint of coming back for game two, you've had that emotional high of coming out of that tunnel for the first time of the year, and now you kind of got a pounded-out team that's going to be physical with you. How tough is this going to be?
1: I think it's going to be really difficult. Now, from the emotional standpoint, I never sensed that we got that high coming into week one. If anything, I was a little disappointed at times that we seemed maybe a little flat. Yeah. And so hopefully there's going to be a bigger crowd. I'm always a big believer in night games, over day games in terms of you just see more emotion at night. Do you agree with that? I completely agree with that. crowds are better. They're not sweating to death. You know, I think so you will see a better crowd. You'll see more people. I think you'll see a team that's more engaged. And look, as much as you want to preach to your team coming into it that Louisiana Tech is a really good team, the bottom line is NC State sitting out there. That's a name people know. That's a name those players know. And even though the ACC isn't terribly great this year, it's probably the second, third best team in the league right now. So you go and you look, particularly since Notre Dame left and left a big void at the top of that league. So... You look at it, and you feel like this is kind of a, a big matchup, one of the better matchups of the weekend. And so I think for our defense, I kind of think they will be up for the challenge of facing a team that runs the football. tell you what I'm really concerned about. That is that we're going to be facing a defense that by its base defense is already a 3-3-5. We talk a lot about teams. Are they going to adjust to Mississippi State to go to that three-man front? This is a team that plays in the three-man front. This team that's going to be quite familiar with it. The only thing I would say is they're going to have three down defensive linemen. I think the thing they do very well is they disguise blitz. They disguise coverages. I wouldn't assume that all eight of those guys are going to be dropping. I think Will Rogers is going to see a level of pressure that he did not see a week ago.
0: Yeah, Charlie, one of the great things you talk about kind of getting ready for atmosphere, we had – somewhat of a good atmosphere. It's, it's hard to create atmosphere when you're not playing well in the second, third quarter, and then it's so hot outside. But we had a lot of people around town. The tailgating was back. I tell you what, Starkville is a great place to be on a weekend. org. Visit org and Charlie's just so much going on on the weekend when you come into town, of course, great restaurants on Friday. But one of the things that, that people forget about is here in downtown where we are the Farm Bureau studios, they have the brunch and browse on Sunday. And what that means is, is on Sunday, a lot of the shops downtown will open up on Sundays when it, Technically, throughout the year, not open on Sundays. They'll open those shops up. Got the visitors in town. You can go and get you some brunch at one of the local restaurants and also do some shopping in downtown. And that's one of the great things. It's kind of cool about Startwell about how really it opens for business on days after games as well.
1: And it's amazing. All the restaurants now with brunch options, they're all over the place. You know, so Startwell's restaurant community really getting engaged. So it's the kind of thing. There is a real incentive to want to stay over, wake up the next day, Spent some time downtown, and there's all through the Cotton District, downtown, you know, even throughout the town, they've got the brunch option. So it's a good place to be. I was blown away the number of people in the Cotton District after the game Oh, yeah. You know, there is a lot going on in the town after the game, and it's a fun place to be.
0: Yeah, it's not just the kind of district either. Like I said, on Sunday when we were up here doing Sunday coffee, you know, looked across Starville Cafe. Oh, a lot. Man, there's a ton of folks out here, a ton of people walking the uh, the sidewalks, doing a little shopping. And, of course, make your plans do a little shopping this coming weekend when you come to town. And, hey, let me tell you this, the world's different now. If you work from home, if you do sales, use Zoom a lot, move up here. Join us. Stand in line with us. <laughs> Stand in line with us when we get ready for our brunch. But it's a great college town, and that's why we're here, Mississippi's College Town, and start. Well, Charlie, looking at this series with NC State and Mississippi State, and if you are ever around, like graduates of NC State, they're very similar as far as NC State, Mississippi State. But we've only played you know three times in the last fifty years. We played in the '63 Liberty Bowl. That was a game we won sixteen to twelve. That was the last time. It was played in Philadelphia. And, of course, we talked about that cold night, and And Jack Crystal used to talk about it so much. Colder than a pawnbroker's heart is what he used to say. And then we played them in the 95 Peach Bowl. Is that the famous game, the Eric Moulds-Derek Tate game? I think that it is.
1: I th- yeah, <laughs> that's the one we've alluded to. <laughs> Quite a few times on this show.
0: And then the, the last time we played, of course, we played in the 2015 Belk Bowl in Charlotte, and that was the swan song for Dak Prescott. We built out a 21 nothing lead. It rained the entire game. It was absolutely miserable. But we haven't played NC State a whole lot. Of course, supposed to start the series last year and go to Raleigh last year and then return trip back here. And so, hey, this is a good matchup. This is one of the things I kind of liked about with the league a few years ago, saying, hey, you had to play one Power Five conference opponent. And NC State was one of the first teams that kind of lined up within that. I kind of like this series. Oh, I
1: love it. I think it's nice to play a team. Look, they're not.
0: it's not a far trip.
1: So, it's close enough that their fans can come if they want to, vice versa, if it's there. But it's a team that you recognize. It's a team that you know. And it's, like you say, one you haven't played much. I think these kind of matchups are – are really intriguing, and I think they give you a little bit of an idea about where your team's headed. Now, you can lose this game. Think 98. We went out to Oklahoma State, got beat pretty bad. Then we find our way to Atlanta. So it's not the end-all, be-all for the season. But if you win it, I think you can feel pretty good about where you're headed.
0: I'll tell you what, from the ACC side, this is a big weekend for them. Anytime an ACC team plays an SEC team, it's big for that league. And it's big for us, too. But, I mean, you're in the Deep South, and all you hear is SEC. And you've got two of those matchups this weekend with Louisville and Kentucky and then Mississippi State and NC State. Looking around their league, they really don't have any big premier matchups this week. So this is a big game for NC State and also the Atlantic Coast Conference. Hey, Charlie, enjoyed it as always. Once again, we're in the Farm Bureau Studios in downtown Startwell. Thanks to our great friends at Trax Plus, Farm Bureau, country-pleasing sausage, and Starkville, Mississippi's college town. Charlie and I will be back for Friday. Hey, I enjoyed last week on our deep dig. We got a lot of feedback from that deep dig show we do on Friday where Charlie and I kind of go into the numbers, Charlie more than I, because he does a lot better job at the research. But we just go into a numbers dive, a deep dive, and deep dig, as we call it, brought to you by Tracks Plus. And then we're back on Sunday for Sunday Coffee as well, so three shows a week during the fall. And, hey, appreciate all the kind words that we've gotten over the last few weeks. As we get set into football season, it's week two, Mississippi State and NC State. So for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bar Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us on Out of Left Field.